Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward. Mikey is on the ones and twos. And welcome to a Friday night edition of the show with very special guest Ken Carmen of 92.3 The Fan. This is our extensions and expectations edition of the show. Uh, we're going to get right to the interview. And Mikey's got it all queued up and ready to go. So we're going to get right to it. Ken Carmen host of the Ken Carmen show with Anthony Lima every weekday on 92.3, the fan in the morning. He also does national radio for CBS sports radio uh, on the weekends on Saturdays, weekdays and game days for the Browns radio network. And of course, uh, Fox Friday night touchdown on Fox eight and more recently, the emergency or the emerging podcast scene. Uh, with him and Anthony Lima as well. So let's get right to the interview. Uh, we good, Mikey? Mikey? Mikey's got everything squared away, and we're going to get right to this interview here with one and only Ken Carmen here on All Eyes on Cleveland. And we are absolutely thrilled to welcome back to All Eyes on Cleveland this evening, the one and only Ken Carmen, uh, host of the Ken Carmen Show, every weekday morning on 92.3 The Fan. He does Saturdays national radio on CBS Sports Radio, weekdays and game days for the Browns Radio Network, and Fox Friday Night Touchdown on Fox 8, and most recently, the emerging podcast scene, which I have to ask you about, Ken. How are you enjoying the podcast scene, the emerging oh, podcast scene? It's an okay podcast scene. It's not too terribly long. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're able to kind of get it in and get it going and, and have a little bit of fun, but not, you know, not dilly-dally too long and, and get it out there for everybody. So more people are – we finally found a way where people can download it after. I, I can't really explain it. You just need to go to 92.3 The Fan Extra, and uh, away they go. So, uh, yeah. That's awesome. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it very much. You guys are great on there, so that's awesome. Uh, Another angle to you guys, so very good. Uh, Let's uh, dive into some Browns here while I have you, sir. Uh, The national narrative on Baker Mayfield uh, is kind of one that is giving credit to Kevin Stefanski, giving credit to the run game, uh, but not so much to Baker Mayfield. Now, locally here, we're kind of, at least I am bought in. I feel like I've seen enough from him. Um, but there's a question kind of surrounding him that just kind of asks if he was to have to put the game on his shoulders and, and, and just throw his way to a victory, can he do that for the Browns? And and have you seen enough, Ken, to believe that that is the kind of guy and kind of player that he is? He did it a couple times last year, so I think he can. So. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's in an offense that's built to win a lot of regular season games, but with a running game, I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. It's it's weird. He's he's damned if he does, and he damn, he's damned if he doesn't. And I think he's a guy who needs good. I think he needs a solid coach. He's never had that. That's why it was such a mistake to keep Hugh Jackson that first year uh, when when Baker was a rookie. And I mean that that was a mistake. And I thought it was a mistake when they elected to keep him. Uh, they got rid of him halfway through the year. You know, Greg Williams is a uh, Greg Williams is a good sh- good football coach for a short period of time. Yes. And he can be very emotional and nuts. Uh, F- Freddie was basically me as a head coach. 
And I like Freddie, but that's exactly what he was. And then it, Kevin Stefanski has been just an adult in the room. And I think that that's what Baker needed, has needed the whole time is an adult in the room. And, you, you know, he was good with Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley is an adult and not stupid and doesn't go crazy and doesn't do things irrationally. And he's, he's a younger guy, but he's very cerebral. And Kevin Stefanski is a younger guy who's very cerebral. And, but he puts Baker in a position to win, but that's not good enough for the media. That's not good enough no. for people like me. Well, you know, look at the – okay, well, go, and this is not going to be a great comparison, but if you see Kevin Stefanski in, in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins and then you see Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, there's a lot of similarities there where it's like, okay, we got to knock down these turnovers because we're putting him in a bad position. We have to build his we have to build his confidence there. Now Kirk Kirk Cousins already had confidence, so he you didn't have to worry about that with Baker. But then yeah. over time, you know, you open things back up. Uh, when Kirk Cousins was in Washington, and I think I, now that I, Jay Gruden was on a podcast, I want to say this was last year. How long has it been since Jay Gruden's been fired? Only one year. So he said when. Kirk Cousins was in in Washington. He had to make he he couldn't the, the everything had to be perfect for him to make those throws. He couldn't throw yeah. you into wins. And yeah. now you're seeing Kirk Cousins. Where some of this stuff I think is garbage time, but I think he really did a good job keeping that offense afloat. Justin Jefferson certainly helps, but yeah. I thought he did a good job with him and a good wide receiver keeping that offense afloat with a good running back too. I think you start to see, you can start to see this year the same thing with Baker, where eventually. Things are going to have to open up. And, you know, Kevin Stavansky talked a little bit about that yesterday, but I think that things are going to gradually open up here where the ball is going to be put in Baker's hands. But I don't want Baker to throw 60 times a game. I wouldn't want Joe Burrow to throw 60 times a game. So there's going to just have to be a balance. And I think that the media is either going to, A, have to accept that, or or B, Baker's just going to have to go out there and win. His I know that the the smart people, the analytical people in football, will say QB wins isn't a stat you measure by. Well, they'll measure his contract by wins because if they go out there and they run the ball three hundred times with with Nick Chubb and a hundred plus times with Kareem Hunt, well, there's only you know you're getting eighty snaps a game. There's going to be there's going to be passes that you can throw, obviously, but it's not going to be all over the place. You yeah. know, this is going to be the K gun here. So you could see him in a spot where, say, they get to the AFC Championship game, they lose to a guy like Mahomes, or you know, God forbid, they lose to Josh Allen, which has become the darling. Then it's well, what do you do with Baker? What do you do with Baker? Well, you'll you'll probably pay Baker commiserate to a a high end quarterback because that's something you have to do. Will it be Dak Prescott, or by that time, will it be Lamar Jackson or even Josh Allen himself? Maybe not. Maybe it won't be. But there will be a lot of money, or you can still go the Dak Prescott route just later, where you end up having a franchise tag him later on and see where you go from there. So I, I think that this could be, you know, some people really disagreed with me. They thought that this thing's going to be done now. I said, I think this would go by the way of Dak Prescott. And some people really thought I was silly on that. I, I think you'd go that way because Baker has a really good year. I think he's going to want really good money, and and they may just look at it and go, well, you know, we got to keep this player and that player, and. You know, the cap could only go up by, what, the 205, 208, somewhere yeah. in there. And, yeah, we're going to have to make some decisions. We're already a very, very expensive offense. So we'll see how it pans out here. 
Yeah, so yeah, it can go up to 208.5, which is a pretty good margin. I mean, that's a $25 million jump from where they are at this year uh, to try to get them back on track as far as the cap goes, which is beneficial to the Browns because they do have to pay some guys. And as you mentioned here with Baker, I, I don't think with his extension, Ken, I don't think it behooves either side, Baker Mayfield's camp or the Browns to want to do this now. Uh, you know, I think that in Berea, they want to see more data points on him. And I think probably Baker's like, yeah, another year I can ask for some more money. Yeah. And uh, I think that that makes sense that for them to come to the table next year. I would like at all costs to try to avoid a franchise tag because that just really gets out of control fast. As you yeah. saw with Dak, they ended up way having overpaying him when they could have just paid him right away and gotten it done. I've seen enough from Baker where I'd be comfortable doing it now, but I just don't think it makes sense to do it until next offseason. He's he's well. I, I thought right after the season was if you were going to sign him to extension, that's that's the point to do it. I you know everybody's got good feelings about each other, and uh, you know it, it, Baker had his career f- back on track, and everybody's feeling good about him. Uh, but as time separates, then you see how it makes but makes sense for both sides. We're still going to want to. We're still going to want to guard against Jared Goff. We're still going to want to guard against uh, against Carson Wentz. And I could say you know, nasty things about either one of those quarterbacks. I actually liked Jared Goff. I never liked Carson Wentz, and he was really proving me wrong there for a while. And then it, it just became terminal with him. We, well, I love Frank Reich, so we'll see. It's weird. I'm not a fan of Carson Wentz, but I love Frank Reich, so we'll see what Frank Reich can do with him. But those are different examples there. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's interesting. I think Dak Prescott proved how worthy he was not playing. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you had, what Ben DiNucci, and then you had uh, Andy Dalton, and you had nothing. And God forbid, I don't want that situation to play out with the Browns because it, it either way, it's bad. If they did, if they have Case Keenum and he goes out there and he sucks up the room because something bad happened to Baker, then we're not reaching our full potential on a team that God could touch the moon this year. Yeah. And if he does do well with that towner on him, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be one ugly show after another on every on every show and every podcast. No because yep. that's good there's gonna be some there will be some Case Keenum people, there will be some Baker Mayfield people, and I will still say, All right, God forbid if Baker Mayfield gets hurt in case Keenum comes in and does well. One guy has the future. The other guy doesn't. Which one are you going to pay? I don't think it's much of a question still, but people will make it one. So we'll, we'll, yes, they will. hopefully we'll never have to discuss that. though. I, I hope, I hope not Ken. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, all right. So uh, Nick Chubb, let's talk about Nick Chubb. Uh, now I've had a couple people in a row come on the show. Smart people come on the show here. Uh, Jake Burns said this to me. G Bush last week, Garrett Bush came on and told me the same thing that he can foresee Stefanski at some point this season just going, forget this two-back thing, I'm just going to ride Nick Chubb and just give him the ball a ton this year. Uh, can you see that happening for the Browns? Can you see at, him just getting, getting time, carried away with it? At any time, yeah. I, yeah. Nick Chubb has always had to share the ball. He had yeah. to share the ball in, in Georgia with Sony Michelle, and he had, to, he's, he had to share the ball at the beginning of his career. Wasn't it Carlos Hyde? Yeah, starting. Yeah, that was the starting yeah. back in the beginning of that year, and then he got released or traded. I think. Traded. Yeah. Jacksonville. Yep. Yeah. Um, Nick Chubb's always had to share the football, and I think that really bothers Nick. And it would bother me if I if I if I were Nick because you're trying to get paid there. 
it could be a situation. Now, if he if he's just giving the bulk of the carries, and we're talking well over 300 carries this year, and he does that well, then you're, we got to talk about what we're going to pay Nick Chubb and whether or not we're just going to franchise him and run him into the ground and franchise him again after that, which would be a huge jump, but still run him into the ground again. I think Nick Nick's a one-of-a-kind running back, but I also know the position could fall apart at any time. And I, I got to tell you, if I were a Tennessee fan, I'd be terrified. I'd be terrified. He had almost 400 carries last year with with Derrick Henry. Uh, your your backup is it McKinnon or McCoskey yeah. or God knows who I forget. God, the name's on the tip of my tongue and I'm I, I can't remember it. Uh, but you know what what's what's Tannehill going to be this year? You're always kind of right. waiting for what's going to happen with Ryan. And now there's no more Arthur Smith. So what type of offense are you going to be? And if God forbid something happens to Derrick Henry then there's a problem. So there's always a, a plus to, to being able to, to put the ball in a, in a, in a running back's hand that many times. There's always a, certainly a negative. And so to pay him that type of money, I think it would be scary for a lot of Browns fans, even though a lot of Browns fans would be happy for Nick and feel Nick deserves it. It would still go, okay, but for a lot of these guys, they seem to just fall off a year or two after they get this money because it's just such a high-volume position that – they are there for they're there today and gone tomorrow. And because it's yeah. that way, people don't want to give them very much money. Well, here's the thing with that. So the franchise tag is, you know, if you did it for two years, it would average out to be about 12 million a year. They gave Derrick Henry four for 48 and guaranteed him like 25 or $26 million. Yeah. That would be what I would want to give Nick Chubb. Like you're only giving them guaranteed money wise to a two year deal. Basically you're giving them like a two year deal of guaranteed money. And the money's almost exactly the same as the franchise tag. So you're really just giving them one extra year of security and to avoid going down the franchise tag road with him, I think I would do that. I would almost do it looking to doing it this camp. So the new money wouldn't hit for another year. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Is that too much, too scary for you? I, yeah, because you just want to make sure your cap is where you think it's going to be. Okay. And I hate saying it because I like Nick Chubb so much. You want to make sure your cap is where you think it's going to be. You don't want to have to be caught having to cut somebody to pay somebody who got hurt or something like that. I would still say wait, and if you couldn't come up with something, I think you'd throw the tag on him. Okay. But, well, are you? Are you? You mentioned you mentioned camp. You mentioned camp. Like I'd be happy, but I'd be a little bit nervous. But hey, if you, I mean, if you're talking four for forty-eight and what twenty-five, you said guaranteed. Yeah, two years basically. Yeah, two years. That's been that's basically the same thing. So who? Who'd really get upset with something like that? Plus, you're getting an extra two years on top of this one is what it would be. So, right, be fine too. Yeah, and he'd be about 28 years old by the time that deal ended, 29. So, yeah. I, I don't. It's it's pushing it a little bit, but you're really only just giving them the one extra year, you know, versus the franchise tag. So, I guess avoiding that. Now, if you go transition tag, that's like eight million, and then you're going down a whole different road. But that's going to upset the player, I think. So, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you want to go down that well, road either. At least that's honest, though, because I mean, we can upset the player, but the only way the player gets out is for the player to play well. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. All right, so let's look at Denzel Ward real quickly here. What do you need to see? For, I mean, he's going to ask for like seventeen million dollars a year, like a top paid cornerback. What do you need to see from him this year to go next offseason and sign him to that deal? 
He's got to stay healthy. It's that We're, simple. Because if he stays healthy, I think he'll get right back on track. He didn't make. Uh, he, he's not on anybody's list. He's not on any top twenty-five under twenty-five, or he's twenty-four years old. He's not on any one of those lists. I mean, this was a Pro Bowl corner when he first started. This was a guy yes. who had a had a much who made us all forget about Joe Hayden his rookie season. Had a much better start to Joe than Joe Hayden did, and was just a top end corner. And he even got hurt that year. You, if you stay available, I think that he'll be a top end corner again. He's just got to stay available. That's all there is. That's all there is to it. If he stays available, I think he creates a massive good problem for the Browns about what to pay the guy. I mean, you're talking $17 million. All right. Well, you want to pay him $17 million. So I guess you get that figured out. But that, again, that means somebody else is probably not going to get paid on that defense. But you, know, you got a number four overall pick. You want to be able to pay him. I don't want to get too crazy here. Yeah, I mean, he's a cornerback is such a an, uh, a position of that you need an elite guy like that. So if he plays elite and if he if he, play, he plays fourteen games, I I'm comfortable with it. I mean, uh, that's where it's at. I mean, he's he's not he's not durable, but if he played fourteen yeah. games this year and played well, I'd be okay with it. I think I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, Wyatt Teller. Uh, he's going to be. You know, fifteen million dollars a year. Scherf gets eighteen right now. He's the best guard in football. How do you want to handle that next? You know, looking at wanna, him moving forward. I want to pay him. I want to yeah. pay. Him. I, I want to pay him right now. I disagreed with Joe Thomas, and Joe knows way more about offensive linemen than I'll ever know. But but Joe wanted to pay Nick Chubb. I said if it came down to it, I got to pay Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller will. You know, Nick Chubb can protect Baker in a lot of ways, but he can't protect him like Wyatt Teller. Uh, he can't he can't clear his own path away. Wyatt Teller can, and I, I don't know if it's I I brought it up as a Wyatt Teller Nick Chubb thing to to Joe just for bleeps and giggles. Yeah, I wonder if it's somebody else across the offensive line who gets the ass. That's what I think. Yeah, I think that's the way it goes because you know Lima's brought it up with me a couple times. Well, he can't pay all five, and I go, no, he can't pay all five. But you know, there's an eight year li- there's an eight year veteran, a nine year veteran who you could probably go away from. Hate to say it, but it's true. It, I, I love Joel Batonio. I think Joel Batonio would be fine. You know, J.C. Treader has played through injuries and has played very, very well. I would, I would wonder about one of the one or two of those guys. You know, you just signed Jack Conklin, but we'll see what Jack Conklin's contract does and and how good he can be. Uh, that might be a surprise if he's not able to play very well, but I think he should be just fine. Jedrick Wills, that's the future of your position right there. So nobody's touching Jedrick Wills, and Wyatt Teller has gone from a guy who we didn't really know whether or not he was going to be a starter uh, going into this year at that guard position to exactly what you said, the best guard uh, in the AFC. And so if he's the best guard in the AFC, you know, you can give a little bit of credit to Bill Callahan if you want to, but I'd rather just pay the guy and keep him around and I'd rather keep Wyatt Teller around. So, you know, I'm always going to be an offensive line, offensive line guy first, especially because Baker's, don't kill me. Baker's six feet tall, and he doesn't have the athleticism of some of the other quarterbacks out there. He's just not that fast. He can be slippery. He can be. Yep. He's good on pay. He's good on boot and all that other stuff. That's not an art. That's not a shot at Baker. It's just the truth. I want to keep him protected as much as I can. That means I want to keep Wyatt Teller, and I want to do what's necessary to keep Wyatt Teller. And if that's at the expense of some other players, so it's a tough decision. But so be it. You're listening to Ken Carmen of 92.3 The Fan here with us on All Eyes on Cleveland. Just a couple more questions for you, Ken, and we'll get you out of here. Uh, as as far as the Teller thing goes, I look at it, Treader and Betonio, Treader's 30, Betonio's 29, Teller's 26. As you said, and and Betonio and Treader 
their guaranteed money is out. So really they can yeah. walk away from those guys whenever they want. So if you wanted to let one go next off season and pay teller and you feel like you have a replacement, because there, I think there's a number of guys in that room that they like behind them. Well, the whole goal is we won't get to see Nick Harris. Right. The whole goal is that we won't get to see Drew Forbes or any one of those other guys. James Hudson, yeah. Yeah, James. Oh, gosh, that's right. They just drafted James Hudson. So, yeah, yeah your whole goal right now is to, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, your whole goal is to be able to develop some offensive line. And, so, and sometimes it works out really, really well. And it did there for a little bit until the bottom just completely fell out with the Steelers this last year. And even then, I still they still have a guard who I'm really excited about, Kevin Dotson. They got a couple other guys. They just took that. Uh, oh God, the one kid I think from Miami in the third round who they're really excited about and want to make him their starting center. Uh, but but they put themselves in a bit of a bind because it just they they got themselves in cap hell, and so some of the guys that they took couldn't really play along really great players, you know. But they've they've developed Matt Filer. Uh, they had developed um, Chris Hubbard. They developed him, and I know that Chris wasn't necessarily the very best for us, but he was great in spot duty. Maybe he's just better in spot duty. Yeah. So I, I think that's that's their goal is what they're doing, and they have to do that, where you take a guy later on and you develop him and keep him as a special teams guy and do that, and then eventually he steps into that role with a lot of hard work. We're seeing more and more offensive linemen where before it was the conversation, well, you know, if the lineman's good, he's just going to play. Well, in some cases that's still true, but in a lot of cases there's guys who have to develop into that position you know, we talk about Taylor Lewan all the time, who was a first round pick, and for a while he was he was doing more podcasts than he was taking snaps, and he became <laughs> a pretty good offensive lineman. So yeah. there's certain guys that you just have to develop into that role. And I, I I hope that Nick Harris can. He's had one really good game, one really rough game. James Hudson is a rookie. Uh everybody else is kind of up in the air. We'll see. And some people are excited about more excited about the other ones. Or some people are more excited than about other ones than what some other fans might be when it comes to the backup and the younger guys, uh, and the backup offensive linemen who are pretty young. Yeah. I mean, some of those guys that stepped in last year and played incredible, the Blake Hanses of the world and those guys, too. It'll be interesting to see how their careers develop as well uh, as they seem to like them and are keeping them around as well. Uh, Ken, two more questions for you here. OBJ looks good. It looks like he might be back for week one, potentially. Let's hope. There's no need to rush him back or anything like that. Do you Are you concerned about what he does to Baker Mayfield? Because I'll be honest with you, Ken, it concerns me still. Uh, like, for me, that was a real issue with Baker, with him on the field. He was a different quarterback when he was gone. And Stefanski and Barry want you to buy into, oh, that was just him learning the offense. Well, it was pretty stark contrast for me, and he seemed like a different guy without him on the field. Has he matured enough to to have OBJ out there and be the same quarterback he was at the end of 2020? I hope so. I mean, Baker is a uh, – I keep looking over to the right because my son's messing around on the uh, – we have a swing, like a big swing <laughs> in here for him. So he's messing around over there, so I keep – glancing off uh i think he can be i i don't want to believe i just i i don't want to believe it's as simple as well baker tries too hard when obj is on the field or something like that to give obj the ball i don't want it to be that way and i think that's as it's i have felt it's as lowest common denominator argument as possible and i don't want that to be true i am i'm afraid about it i am afraid about it. i don't know 
what he's going to be when he comes back. I, I hope that – because I think now, because this team has been successful and they were successful without him, OBJ has to fill a role. Uh, that role might be a bigger role than than I'm making it out to be. I think it could be. If he has to fulfill a role as the number one wide receiver, that's fine. But he has to fulfill a role that you need to be where Baker needs to be, and Baker will find you. No more of this other stuff. No more of this forcing the ball to you here. This thing works with Baker, and it needs to go with Kevin Stefanski, and that's just going to be the way the damn thing goes. So that's maybe in the terms of filling a role. Uh, if he has to be a slot guy or anything like that, that's not what I'm saying. But yeah, he's a, he's a number one wide receiver. But he has, but now he has instead of being instead of being the biggest piece, the biggest star. I think that he's still a star, but he needs to fulfill a role to make this offense go. And if he can't do that, they will have problems. They will have problems with him. This wide receiver room has a lot of question marks after this year, certainly. Do you view Donovan Peoples-Jones as a guy that can be a number two in the NFL? Someday down the line, yeah. Hopefully okay. at the end of this year. I hope so, too. Last question for you, Ken. All right. I appreciate your time tonight. You've been fantastic. I don't know why. You I'm in this freezing-ass basement right now, and I'm all stuffed up. I left my, I left my thing off. Because, I, I mean, I'll stand up, I'll go upstairs, and I'll feel fine. So I don't know what the hell's going on, if it's allergies or whatever. I don't. Even, I didn't think I had allergies. Yeah. I usually have my candle on, and uh, this one is orange buttercream. And uh, <laughs> usually I keep it off because then I'll start to – but I'm sniffing yeah. anyway. So I know once I go upstairs, I'll be perfectly fine. But right now I'm kind of battling through it for whatever for whatever. Yeah. Reason. Go ahead. Uh, I'm the same way. It's the air allergies kill me, and it says the air quality is, is very poor right now. Oh if, well, if that air here. quality. It's a bad. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. All right. Last question: Would you rather in 2021 have Baker Mayfield throw for 4,500 yards, OBJ catch for 1,500 yards? or Nick Chubb run for 2,000 yards, and keep in mind the financial implications of each. It's a doozy, I know. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Baker, because it's better for the future. There you yeah. Go. That would give oh. me enough confidence to say that you can pay the guy and and you can start to peel away a little older talent, more expensive talent, while trying to replenish with younger guys. So Baker, it has to be. I thought too hard about it. It's Baker. Okay, I will take that as an answer, and and I I tend to agree with you there. I tend to agree with that Good. that answer. Uh, Ken Carmen of 92.3 The Fan, uh, CBS Sports Radio, the Browns Radio Network, Friday Night Touchdown on Fox Sports 8, and, of course, the emerging podcast scene. Uh, loving the, the emerging podcast scene, Ken. You are fantastic. I love when, when, I, when I tweet your guys' show. You always are like, oh, Brad, he's, he's, such a, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. I love it. You're so nice to me on the air, and I appreciate it. We like that. you. I like you. I like every, I shouldn't say it like that. Like I like you, and I don't like everybody else. I like you. I felt bad. Okay, so there's a. I I I don't know how he took. It. I'm gonna have to reach out to this guy. There's another Brad who posted a picture of the Mac Wilson posted the Mac Wilson photo with the bicep all funhousey. And yeah. I don't know. I heard he might not have taken it the right way. And I go, we weren't hammering you. You're just the guy who gets the thing. I, I got to talk to. I hopefully at Browns camp, the media is allowed in there because I got. There's another Brad I have to find and I have to talk to because I don't want him to be hot. I heard through back channels he might have 
he might be a little hot and I hope that he wasn't hot because there there's, it was, it was the photo. We didn't say he, we said he put the photo out. We didn't say that that was his photo. And so I hope that there's a distinction there and I hope that he's not too hot with me over something like that. So we'll, we'll get that one figured out. We'll hey, I know him. I know him. I'll tell him. I'll okay, let him know. I like I I like Mac Wilson. I defend Mac Wilson. I think that Mac Wilson's on the bubble. I don't think I don't. I'm not crazy about it. I just don't know why everybody's so damn mean to Mac Wilson. It seems to be on Twitter, even though yeah, yeah the photo photo looked a little off. Yeah. It did. But other than that, I love Mac Wilson. It did. Well, you know what, Ken? Uh, we love you. You're the uh, the best uh, in town when it comes to, uh, you know, sports radio. And uh, I enjoy you guys so much. So thanks for making the time for me. It's an honor. Brad, thank you very much. Anytime you need me, hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon, bud. A- absolutely, sir. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you, you too. back that was the interview with the one and only ken carmen of 92.3 the fan uh big thanks to ken for fitting us in his busy schedule and uh coming on and talking some browns football real quick we're gonna hit you with the uh little troy hill message they're all eyes on cleveland we here yeah they're all eyes on cleveland we here yeah uh, so let's talk real quick. A uh, couple things going on with the Browns, and we'll get you out of here. Good video today uh, of Grant Delpit on the field cutting. He looked good. Uh, you know, he was cutting hard on on that on his uh, knees, and and he and he looked excellent out there on the field. So excellent video. And basically, what we've heard at this point is that. Greedy and Grant Delpit should be ready for camp. A-OK, ready to go. And that's uh, excellent to hear for sure. Uh, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa has signed his deal, his rookie deal. That is everyone in the rookie class except for Anthony Schwartz and Greg Newsom are the only two yet to sign their rookie Deals. OTAs this week, mostly about 55 guys, mostly defensive guys in there. Uh, Anthony Walker was there. Some of the new people uh, were there. Uh, so that was nice to see. Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, nice leadership from them showing up and, and working this week. I don't know what kind of deal they have worked out here. No offensive players of significance in camp, obviously. Uh, there's rumored to be there. 
next week. So maybe they work out defense this week, offense next week. But that doesn't even seem to make sense because why would the defense show up this week and then leave and then directly have the mini camp after that? I would think that the defense would be here through the whole thing. I guess maybe they're giving the offense a pass because they've had, you know, the passing camps with Baker Mayfield in Florida, Austin, and then, you know, they've had, uh, you know, Schwartz and Landry lurking together. A number of guys, I think the offensive line got together at one point. So there's, there's a, you know, they've been doing work away from the facility, but nobody showed up for the offense this week. Let's see if, you know, Bake and everybody shows up next week should be interesting. I don't know what kind of deal they worked out. You know, this was rumored to be a deal they worked out, but th- for me, I mean, they they did seven on sevens. I'm pretty sure they did 11 on 11s from what I read. Uh, so to me, it would sound like not much of a deal was worked out. They just basically missed the early portion of phase three and then brought in the defense and, and some other guys and the rookies and everything for the last two weeks. So they'll get, you know, they got a couple OTAs in this week and they should get three or four more in next week. I think it's three more next week. Uh, OTA practices, and then you'll have your mandatory mini camp, which is mandatory mini camp. Official dates are June fifteenth to the seventeenth. So, uh, and this week uh, we'll have uh, more OTA. So, and, and we'll get more reports on who's showing up and whatnot there. But all good news around there. Uh, you know, we're getting videos of Baker working out. We're getting videos of Odell looking great. Uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier, Delbit cutting today out on the Browns practice field. Good video of that. Greedy Williams out there in a shell and a helmet on uh, doing some work. So it looks like these guys will be participating in camp, at least in, on a limited basis. And, and, and that's all good news from there. Two more guys to sign in the rookie class. OTA is next week. Uh, awesome show yesterday with Maddie Brown. We covered the Seattle cover three. Go check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Last week, uh, we had um, G. Bush on the show, uh, as well as um, uh, the evolution of the Browns offense with uh, Jake Burns, uh, and then today, uh, Ken Carmen of 92.3. So four good shows there that you can go check out at the All Eyes on Cleveland YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe on your way out. For Mikey on the ones and twos, my name is Brad Ward. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. It's supposed to be beautiful outside. Uh, Enjoy it. And with that, we are out. 